So welcome back to Ryza, everybody. This is uh, the every few weeks game of the USS Reliant um, that we're recording. My name's John. I'm telling uh, the story in collaboration with a bunch of other Foundry authors who have ideas that, you know, I... This is my way of continuing the foundry, everybody. That's my uh, that's my admission. Um, there are ideas out there that people have, and if we can have the crew of this ship encounter them, that makes me super happy. On Ryza, there has been a very unfortunate death that the captain of the vessel, the USS Reliant, Marcus Graves, that's Duncan. Hello, hello um has been accused of and his senior staff will have to um over the next few hours it won't all happen tonight uh it won't all happen in this recording rather um uh over the next few hours we'll have to find a way to clear his name and find out who the true murderer of everyone's favorite hide and go seek friend Pavel is um that senior staff is the executive officer Elenis Kendra. Hello, everybody. See, I didn't say played by because you go by the same name. Uh, <laughs> um, it, we also have the ship's pilot and head of the xenobiology division in the sciences, Kara Junrani, the third or fourth, very, very uh, not very many Ibi are in Starfleet, but Kara is the third or fourth one. Put the Ibi in charge of it, said no one ever. <laughs> uh, the chief science officer is played by longtime foundry author Cass Modian. Uh, that's Quentin Reynolds. I'm still off somewhere doing science to something. Yes, you're on planet, though. Um, we also tonight have the ship's medical staff, which are uh, definitely going to come in handy in an investigation of a murder. Um, Dr. Eli O'Connor, the chief medical officer. That is I. And uh, Chaplain Waitley, who is the ship's counselor, but also serves as a spiritual sounding board and head of an all-faiths chapel on board for members of Starfleet that, that come from other races. Uh, uh, Dr. O'Connor is played by um, a good friend of ours, Nick. He just said hello. And Chaplain Waitley is played by the is played by uh, the grumpy old Nord who uh, streams SDO content multiple times a week. Uh, often fun to hang out and chat with people. So, um, Chaplain Waitley. Greetings and salutations. And, and so, last time the game ended with uh, uh, Marcus Graves, the ship's captain, uh, waking up after having a long and actually very stimulating conversation with a uh, blonde... Ryan woman, uh, she had one, was it one or two? I can't remember other Orions with her. I think it was one, and it was a guy. There was a Klingon at the bar. Ah, there was a Klingon at the bar. Um, 
So he was definitely with her. There's no there there there. You you can definitely. Um, I'll, I'll give you that, uh, like investigation role, Marcus, without having to make it. That was pretty obvious. Um, they may have come in at separate times, but he was definitely there to watch her back for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, so Graves is kind of suspecting that as he's processing, mm -hmm. uh, what's happening. So for as, as far so as everything think, else goes, I mean, he's going to be pretty in the dark with just like, right. I but <laughs> just passed so, out at a restaurant and then my hands are covered in blood and there was a knife or a weapon there. And then Lieutenant Tardigrade was looking at me really sad. Yes. And a moment later, uh, right. And we're picking up on the captain right where we left off with Ryzean security, which I, I want you to remember what Ryza looked like in the Vanessa Williams episode in the first season of TNG. Um, when, um, uh, you know, when they were all running around in like togas and like sheets wrapped around their middle and it just, that, it, so you see, uh, this rising in security. Oh, Hey, we have an Oakley. Uh, Oakley is a, uh, text player of ours who plays a minor character on board the ship, but a very cool one. Oakley, who is a uh, uh, why am I blanking on what they're called? Exocomp, who is an exocomp that was left on board the ship uh, during construction. Um, uh, and uh, uh, so these guys who come are, are like, you know, uh, don't want to uh, make any kind of scene. Um, you're a Starfleet officer, I, I hope that you uh, would understand the need to find our way to a private room upstairs to discuss what has been found here. And you see a couple of uh, uh, you see a couple of younger Rysians, a male and a, a man. Uh, they're not they're not like teenagers, but they're not, they're, they're young adults. There's the word, there's the, the description I'm looking for. Um, a blonde, uh, a blonde hair, blue eyed, like hyper, like not hyper muscular, um, more like Bruce Lee muscular, um, lanky, tall fellow. And of course he's got the, the, a rising and disc, the golden rising and disc on his forehead, and uh, uh, a a young woman with kind of uh, long, sort of uh, light, really light brown or super dirty blonde hair that is pulled back in a ponytail, and they look like they're waiting. Uh, what they have in their hands, uh, you would guess they're waiting to clean up the blood quickly. Um, and there's another guy dressed like the two rising in security who is uh, like just kind like he's not really directing people, but he's kind of blocking the way to this bar along the boardwalks. He's just standing there and you can see that these two guys are like, you know, they want to go up. They're like, can we go upstairs? Um, would you like us to contact anyone from your ship? Wait, so this is to Marcus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
who rise in security guards. And I just described that there's a third, yeah. one, but he's out on the docks, making sure nobody comes down this way just by kind of being there. And there are two people waiting to clean up the blood. And so these two security guards are like, would you like us to contact anyone on your ship? So everyone on the senior crew is on Ryza. So for anyone on the ship, it's going to be the other characters. I, you're having a discussion on who would be the jet. He says any of your staff. Oh, okay. Uh, definitely getting uh, Alenis and Waitley in on this. All right. Um, Although um, the phrasing would be to call uh, Lieutenant uh, Lentis Kendra and uh, Chaplain Waitley. We'll make sure that they are able to be there before we begin any questioning. Also, um, one other person? Yes. Uh, Dr. Eli O'Connor. Absolutely. Uh, also, one other person? Dr. Uh, Quentin, uh, Quentin Reynolds as well. Uh, Certainly, but they will. You will have to wait on speaking to them all. But they can all be present for the questions we have for you. And they escort you into the Riza Resort, and it's you know it's beautiful. There's a a beautiful Dabo table with that holographic Lita that Quark Industries put out all those years ago. Um, uh, large kiosks of um, of varying commodities from across the the quadrants and. Um, uh, across at least the two quadrants, you know, the be- the alpha and beta quadrants. Um, and they, uh, one of the security, the, the one out on the docks doesn't come in with you. And when you get inside, one of them, uh, they stop at like the you know at these elevators around the back of the lobby with you. And one of them says, Do you have a preferred beverage? Just take what? I'll just take some water. Very well. And he heads off, and one of them goes up. Uh, they, so th- this this guard is um, probably how tall is Marcus? About six feet tall or so. Like uh, I'd go six four. Six four. Okay, so Marcus has about an inch on this guy. But um, an inch or two, even on on this guy, he's he's one of those like six to hundred and eighty pound. Like you can see that he's all like he's on their security staff for a reason. He's probably mostly trained to restrain people from the way that he's. You know, uh, he he doesn't appear to be armed in any visible way to you. There is a um, way that Marcus is thinking about this uh, security officer. Mm-hmm. Lifeguard. Pretty much. That's that. That's kind of. There is certainly um, that kind of feel to him, and they he takes you you know up to a comfortable room. Um, it's not yours. Uh, it is um, an unmarked room that doesn't have a bed in it. It just has a variety of furniture in it. Um, and 
they uh they say uh you and um he gets a you, you hear a chirping sound and he takes a communicator from within the folds of his i hesitate to call it a tunic it's a toga and he says uh and he it up uh, right next to his ear. It's just like a small little square with very obvious circuitry on it. He puts it up next to his ear and he says, uh, your staff has been contacted. And all of the rest of you, we switch scene to Quentin and Elenis. You are still out on the island at this point. Uh, the two of you have found what you found in the cave last week, right? Um, which was uh, traces of disruptor fire and uh, traces of uh, epos uh, were in were in this cave. There was no doubt. Um, and it wasn't a lot of disruptor fire. I'm gonna go ahead and clarify that for for you, Quentin, because I'm pretty certain you were you you scanned what type of energy you detected, you know, on the wall. It was not a lot of disruptor fire. It was very little, in fact. Um and uh as you leave the cave, you both get a uh a message transferred through the ship from rising in security. Um, and you also have your news feed. Uh, you, you can, uh, your communicators going off and your rising in news reader is also blinking news story, uh, blinking that there's a new thing to read. Um, and so you're walking out of the cave, the two of you, um, do you want to read the news story first or do you want to check? I'm guessing check your Right. Yeah, check my communicators. Well, wasn't I talking to Oakley when he actually walked in on Marcus? Uh, I can't remember. I thought I was. I thought the two of you were still on planet. I could be wrong. It's been three weeks. I could oh, no, be, no. Yeah. We were on the planet, but I mean by communicator. I had told him I told him to go sober up uh, Larissa and um, Kara, and then Cara. I told him to go looking for Marcus. And I can't remember if I was talking to him on the communicator when he stumbled on Marcus or not. Um, from my recollection, Lieutenant Tardigrade in that scene uh, had all of his attention on Marcus when he found okay. him. So okay. he was not on the communicator as far as I can recall. Okay. But so, I would have been waiting to hear I would have been waiting to hear back from Tardigrade. Hey, don't hear back from Tardigrade. Instead, the two of you Chaplain Waitley, Dr. O'Connor, um, you all get a communication uh, from the ship, which is a relay up from the Rising Security Force. So your first exposure to the fact of, well, Chaplain Waitley, you know somebody died, and you and the two people who discovered the body basically... Uh, best relations right now is trying to make your stay and there's like they're offering you the moon <laughs> uh, because you were present when the body was found 
Um, like, wait, wait, wait. Literally the moon, or what? Are no, we not literally about? the moon. But they're just like if there is, um, if there is an amenity that they can add to these two people's stay and your stay. It was two uh, women. One of them was uh, kind of pinker of skin than uh, the normal humanoid skin, and had some head ridges, but not like Klingon. Um, and, that that's just you know an interesting alien in the background somewhere um so you're you're being offered all of the amenities that riza has to offer if uh you know they they do these two people they're the ones they have to worry about everybody else is being soothed over by a news story um so chaplain wheatley Quentin reynolds Elenis kendra and Dr. O'Connor, you are with Kara and uh, Larissa, correct? Yeah, they were. Uh, they were together. All he had just so. I was still up. back at the cave. Yeah, yeah. there's some separation and, here. But Dr. O'Connor, I was saying. Yes, I sobered them up using some wake-up juice. Right, so Dr. Yes, using wake-up juice. Dr. O'Connor, Kara, and Kara and Larissa are there reading the news story when you get the communication that uh, rising insecurity, uh, that your captain has requested your presence. Uh, there is a rising insecurity officer waiting to show uh, four of you, and all of your names are listed to the room where he's being quite, where he's they're planning to have him questioned. Um, Kara, you see the news report, you see the funny news report, you know, the, the, um, there has been an unfortunate death, um, today on Riza. uh, there will be, um, after tonight's concerts on the beach, there will be a rising in funeral or, uh, for, uh, or a rising in native named Pavel. Who had an unfortunate cessation of fun. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it's so, morbid as fuck. Waitley <laughs> literally rolls his eyes at hearing if if that's actually how it's worded in in game. He no, it's not. So it, it's it's worded as an unfortunate an unfortunate death during a va during uh during vacation. Um, Rising native Pavel and the the. The obituary probably, you know, lays out like his age, and, you know, things like that. Uh, I mean, bodies, and, bodies still, still warm, and they're already going to have a funeral. What, what about an autopsy? Wouldn't he be a bit of a celebrity? Wouldn't this well, be kind of a big deal? I think all the bloody that. holes in him probably give him a very good clue as to how he died. So I don't yeah. think an autopsy is real necessary necessary oh, so, that's extremely necessary in cases like this right so the autopsy is necessary but they are announcing that after a um miranda in the and the mayhems a uh, couple of members of the sex phasers and um uh because that's what um that's what uh kestra shirt said in Picard. Um, they're Breaker and Troy's daughter. That's where her shirt said. Um, on band name. Um, uh, we have it's coming to game. 
Um, Wait, no, that, that's different ones coming to game. Uh, we'll talk. Put in the six phasers. Yes, they are. Really? Um, it's in Klingon. It's in Klingon. That's what the Klingon band name shirt is. So the four of you, um, even if you don't all arrive at the same time, are met by a, a tall, a six foot three, built like uh, built like a linebacker, um, wearing a toga that unfortunately the back doesn't doesn't reach all the way down, so it's more like a sash that's just thrown over his shoulder. Nice. Um, he's waiting for all of you, and if, if one of you arrives first, um, he's like, well, we just need to wait for the others. And as soon as all four of you arrive, do you want to say anything to each other? Um, Larissa, um, having you, Kara, Larissa is with you, and we'll get to that in just a second, because Dr. O'Connor is going to have to leave. Is there a moment that happens there between you guys? Um, as Kara, you are as you are as knowledgeable now as uh, anyone else because Eli was right there. So. Well, I I guess I immediately head there. I've done my gambling. I, I'm sad that I don't get to see the sex phasers, but <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Kara gives Larissa instructions to contact the Jag Corps at. Starfleet and sends her back to the ship and heads off to follow Eli in a not drunken but neither sober haze. So, um, so Larissa walks with you, ignoring the direct order to go back to the ship from uh, from someone the same rank as her. Um, <laughs> to be um, fair, it was a request, not an order. I know, um, but she says uh, to be to be fair uh, to be fair, Kara. As things go, we don't have an actual JAG officer on board. I'm one of two people that's trained, so I'm oh, gonna. Well, I guess go, you're on the right place then. So I'm going to go too, and they're following you, Doctor O'Connor. So in fact, all of you show up, and the uh, the guard says I was only supposed to bring four. Um, let me just check that you're all members of the senior staff. Um, that will take just a minute. And he takes out, you know, that little like square thing with circuitry on it, presses it to his ear. Uh huh. And takes it down, and he says, you are all cleared, so follow me, please. And he leads you up to the mezzanine. It's, it's the mezzanine floor, and he leads you to an unmarked door. Um, so it's not like mezzanine room number, whatever. It's just an unmarked door. And inside, I don't know uh, how comfortable Marcus would have gotten because the... Uh, the um the guy who had went off when when you said uh water uh came back with a pitcher of water and a glass full of ice. Uh, uh, he would have just based uh laying back in sort of like an office, like if there's a little like side desk. There certainly is. So he'd be sitting in that chair, just sort of looking at the ceiling, thinking through the situation. Okay. Um, uh, unfortunately for, uh, Kendra, 
her communicator goes off, uh, and it's a priority, uh, and it, it doesn't, um, they know that you were heading into, you know, a spot that you don't want your communicators chirping. So they send you, you notice it when you notice that your communicator is blinking the very top of it, um, the, the very top like mountain of the, of the Delta is blinking that you have a priority message incoming. Um, so you're just going to have to stand to the side when, as rising security introduces themselves and get this message. Um, and, uh, there are two rising security officers there. They are, uh, one of them looks like a lifeguard. He really is your like six foot two, 180 pounds, like, uh, blonde hair, blue eyed, golden disc on his forehead, um, in a toga and the other guy, uh, the other guy has kind of a shorter hair, like a, just, just kind of a shorter haircut. It's probably a little more controlled than, the, than the others. And, uh, his, his build is a little bit, his, his build is like an inch shorter, but he's wider than, um, than the guy who looks like a lifeguard. So um, when all of you get there, the the one who looks kind of like, you know, a Calif Southern California lifeguard is the image I have in my mind. I don't know why. Um, I can totally see it, though. Um, but he uh, he steps forward and he holds out his hand to uh, whoever shakes it. And he says, I am... Uh, what, what, how do Ryzean names go? I'm trying to remember. Um, th this calls for Google Foo. I will shake his hand. Hey, um, looking. I would just go with Dan and just, I mean, it's a simple uh, noise that can be arrived at many different cultures. So I would just go with calling him Dan. His name is actually Don. That does work. The uh, what I what I what I found on like what I found on a quick Google search was that they they have uh, elongated vowels. That was it. Some his name is Don. So it's D A A N. So it sounds like Don, <laughs> but it's spelled Dan. I am um, the Kwisatz Haderach. And and he says, uh, "Welcome. I'm Commander Captain. I, I'm I, I am Don. Uh, this uh, wait, no, no, no. Uh, hold on. You gotta give it the Southern Californian uh, 1990s. Oh, what is that? What is like? I'm Dan. I, no, I can't. Do no, it. no, he, no it, it's a late. I'm done. Probably. Well, this guy is actually the captain of." passes for their for their guard here for their security force here so he actually uh he actually does kind of have a little bit i i don't i don't have it in me to do a surfer uh type accent it's like wait um, Alan, do we have anyone else who wants to play this npc good point because all he has to do is introduce himself and say that um that your captain requested uh your captain requested his officers uh some of you be present uh during his you know during his questioning we only have a couple of questions 
um, seems not as cut and dried as it as we would like, but um, we'll see what we can find out. And he shakes your hand, Eli. Um, you know, kind of firmly. Does anybody want to give a, a Southern California with a hint of surfer accent uh, a try and tell that to the group? Or <laughs> someone Australian might also apply. Yeah, that could work. See if Baz were here, right? I if know. Dang there. it. Oh well. Um, but th- th- that's that's. I, I just don't have it in me. But it does have, and it's not like a heavy accent either wait 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 i got uh, i got a character approach for this one so i don't want to do too much because i'm probably going to be yeah playing ross bit here but uh okay oh hello there or hello no 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 no, no. i'm taking this in a different direction Uh, i am doing something else with this one because this person they've got that surfer appearance but at the same time, their job is to wrangle security for a beach resort. Exactly. So his job isn't going to be that like uh, that sort of the Baywatch style. It's going to be customer service. Maybe. But like he is still an official security. He's still officer. an official security officer. But his approach is to really let you know, I am your friend. So, Dr. Eli Akana, I, uh, this is a very unfortunate incident that we have here. I really want to do our best to try to reconcile this situation to the best possible degree for mutual interest between our peoples. So, let me say that I appreciate your expertise in this situation, and I really hope that you may be able to lend it into our investigation as far as policy allows for this resort complex. So... With that, I will let you know that we have not examined any of the particulars of the situation yet, but we are endeavoring to begin this investigation as soon as possible. All right, thank you. Sorry, I can't say anything as fancily worded as you. I'm. I have had a have long our, day. We all have our strokes in life, and mine has taken me through the rigors of personal discourse to a degree. Greater than I expect many people are allowed to do. And you must be Chaplain Waitley. He just lunges forward, hand like face beaming, hand outstretched to Waitley. Waitley kind of raises an eyebrow, looks down at his hand, looks back up at the guy, nods, shakes his hand very uh, begrudgingly, and then immediately puts it back to at attention. Uh, the, the, the guy just sort of like takes that and just immediately turns to who else is here. So we've got Waitley, Eli, uh, Quentin. Is he in the group? Yep. Ever, okay. Everyone. That oh, is yeah, yeah, yeah. And a very tiny Kendra. And Kendra is standing in the back getting a communication. And I want to okay. tell you what that is because it's happening as this guy is introducing himself. Kendra, you get a communication, and uh, your 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 officer on the ship keeps keeps it low volume, and it says um, there is a uh, there is he's an admiral, correct? Uh, correct, Duncan Ross is an admiral. No, no, he is a captain. Ah, yeah. Uh, uh, so so the message uh, the message the the important incoming message is. Um, uh, she calls you commander. She says, commander, there is a captain 
on the way from uh, Starfleet Command assigned uh, on the way from Starfleet Security assigned. It's it's complicated, but the request has come through to please hold the captain's questioning until he arrives. And he'll be here later tonight. Understood. And so that's it. And so that's the information that you get, Kendra, when uh, when this guy is introducing himself to the rest of the group. And um, and it's also completely yeah. possible because of the fact that Kendra is over a foot shorter than everybody else that he does not see her at all if she's behind awesome. them on the side. That's really awesome, actually. Wait, how tall is Kendra? 5'3". Eli's 5'9", so... Yeah, a lot of people are taller than Kendra. Is it 5'11 or 5'9"? I forget. One of the two. So we've got, like, a 6'4 dude, a 6'3 dude, a uh, a 5'11... Basically, she's pretty much going to be completely blocked from view over in the corner getting this communication. She gets sit five, on Waitley's shoulders. I sent Waitley. It's 5'9". So, so what, like a six-inch difference? I, I actually, I really like where you took that, Duncan. I like the idea that this guy's mostly right now about customer service. <laughs> and uh, really, they only have a couple of questions. The questions are, did you do it? And who do you think did it? So, okay. Uh, let's so, see. so, so well, while you're doing uh, that, you know that guy. The other, uh, the other security officer is taking is taking. Uh, he's got a data pad out and he's uh, he's recording what's what's being said. Um, and he, you know, he basically this guy just wants to. That's all he wants to to get out of Marcus is. Did you do this? No. Uh, who do you think did it? Let's assume well, that conversation has already taken place before they got here. Um, actually, no. That's oh, that's, okay. That is to him, um, and to their like to their level of uh, they're going to be like those are our questions. Go ahead and have your time with your senior staff so we can decide. Uh, Okay. How is you for the time being? So let's let's put it this way. So he's going to leave that as a open question for the group as he leaves it, and I have to find a way to say this in a really insufferable customer service uh, voice. So, so I, I will let you. I, I will. I will let you commu- uh, communicate with each other in this most difficult of circumstances. But we will endeavor to figure out. Whether or not your commanding officer has in any way some responsibility in this affair and how that may have taken place. But we want you to know that however the circumstances lay out, we want to know what lays behind this unfortunate situation. So for the time being, we will let you um, discuss with each other uh, what has happened. And if you have any ideas, certainly let us know what is happening. Although we will, of course, endeavor to independently verify uh, any information brought to our attention. So with that, we'll let you enjoy this fine residence. If you need anything at all, uh, we are simply a buzz away. And we hope you enjoy your stay here on Riza. Awesome. 
Um, the one that uh, the one would hand off his data pad to uh, uh, would would hand off his data pad to Don, and Don would take it and uh, go uh, begin arising an investigation into murder. I'm not thinking that they're in they're completely inept, but um, he's got work to do, just like all of you do. And now all of you are in a room together with a rising security officer posted right outside the door. I don't right, think it's so. Oh, sorry. I'm guessing you didn't do it, huh, Captain? Uh, I have no recollection of what happened that night, but I think it's exceedingly unlikely that I stabbed someone in the middle of Riza for no apparent reason whatsoever. Without Agreed. being clean. And then burying the body in plain sight, apparently. It's actually a good question of why anybody would bother to kill this guy. It didn't seem like anybody disliked him. Well, that's rather the point, I think. So, as far as we're concerned here, we're going to approach the situation potentially being involved with why we're here in the first place. In general, I don't think that this would be a coincidence. This is a very unusual situation, and we've been called here to ensure security for a highly uh, prized asset, specifically those ships. Oh, so, I got one of those. I want it. We'll talk Car about that later. Kara <laughs> giggles. Well, at least one of them is safe. Larissa, Larissa is standing back behind everyone, and remember, Larissa is pretty tall. She's a Zindi reptilian. She's just kind. She she kind of lets out a little like hiss of uh, of amusement at that. At, at, at Eli saying, ah, yeah, I got one of those. I want it. <laughs> She's like, oh. well, first things first. I don't think they're going to, they're, I don't think you're going to like serve a death sentence or life in prison or anything like that because they can't, can they prove beyond a reasonable doubt if you did this or not? That is Larissa, the key thing here. Larissa says, regardless, uh, his I was, Larissa says, if I may, Commander, uh, as I, I believe I may have the most legal training of anyone on board, um, except for per, perhaps uh, Chief Dewey. Um, but uh, they, they have no way to tie the captain to the murder uh, when, his, uh, uh, when his location was verifiably within that bar um all uh, all commercial property on Riza is monitored 24 hours a day um it'll take um, a Carl yeah, looks so over at Larissa well wait if they could tell the graves was here the whole time what's the point in trying to frame him for the murder isn't it kind of obvious then that he didn't do it It'll take time to prove that point. In the meantime, we're occupied trying to prove my innocence rather than taking care of whatever plot is behind the, an attempt to either steal those ships or the technology behind them. As so if I may, I, Larissa says, if I may, uh, if Dr. O'Connor just won one in some sort of, I'm assuming, high-stakes gambling endeavor, yep. um, and I cannot believe 
that whatever we do not know that we're here to protect has anything to do with the ships, actually. But that's just my best instinct. Carl leans that's over to Larissa. Are you sure that wasn't a low-stakes game? Uh, she seems a little... Um, uh, uh, when 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 Kara like gives her like a little bit, shit, that wasn't a low stakes game. Uh, you can tell that Larissa is nervous about the first time as a senior officer making her opinion on like what to do known. <laughs> Kara pats her on the back. Hey, you're doing good. You know more about this than I do. She's looking at Kendra and um, Marcus at this point. I can't help but think that that cave that we discovered has something to do with this whole situation. After all, it seems to be connected to Pavel, and maybe he stumbled upon something he shouldn't have. Cave? Yes, we found this cave. What we were... It's kind of a long story. We were looking for Pavel ourselves when we stumbled upon this cave with all these suspicious footprints and it's obviously been used for something. We're not quite sure what, but something's not right about it. Oh, and there were Ebos. There were e Son of a bitch! Larissa's eyes kind of... See what Jaffton Waitley just did putting Tat in chat, in game time chat, that's... That, that blinking is what Larissa's eyes do. It's like, what? Oh, and there were Epos? What? You no, know, like, for such... son of a bitch was vocal. That was in character. For such small, decidedly undangerous creatures, those Epos sure do cause us to do a lot of cursing. It's not the if Epos, have... the people behind the Epos. Well, if I have to catch them one more time, I won't be happy. You can probably... Uh, delegate that one to Lieutenant Tardigrid. He's been a little upset since our last encounter with uh, Um But back to the point at hand, though. So we've got a few things to look into, and I don't want you guys spending a little too much time looking into the murder unless you feel that it's directly connected to whatever is ultimately going on here. So Did I mention um, the traces of Orion's with the Epos? I'm not surprised at that at this point. I, I, uh, I should also let you know. I should also let you know that during my time in the bar yesterday, uh, I don't want this to uh, come off the wrong way, but I was talking with an Orion through that time. Uh, great conversationalist, as in skilled in that type of negotiation. So I suspect a little bit of training in that respect from pretty high up. Um, but there is an Orion on the scene of the planet that is fairly close to the situation at hand. So if you encounter Orion, specifically a blonde-haired woman, um, take some precaution, but also maybe do a little bit of investigation of what she's doing here, and if she has any other connections to the events going on on the planet. Noted. Marissa is nodding. She was in the Delta Volanis cluster with you, too. She's not happy with those Orions, either. So, hold on Has a second. 
if I may. Yes. Um, Alenis and Quinton, yes. you, why were you going to meet this murder suspect or murder victim in a cave out of curiosity? I feel like that's important. Just you, you, you buy in some like mind altering substances that I highly recommend you not do. There's the actually there's actually a hide and seek game here at the resort that he um is in charge of. Coordinates. When uh, when Elena says is in charge of, Larissa without meaning to says was. <laughs> And she catches herself after she says that, and she like <laughs> she like zips it quick. She's like, "Oh my god, I just said that." Did we actually verify that, or did the Risa security team verify that the blood on um, Graves's hands oh. belongs to Parvel? Oh, this is less than an hour later. So, Doctor Eli, um, Dr. would you like Connor? Dr. O'Connor, would you like to um, verify that this is indeed his blood? Well, first things first, I am going to take a sample, so let's hope it's not too contaminated. Is Rizian blood even red? Uh, I start, like, taking a... Um, blood even red. So, uh, just to let you guys know, at this point, Graves would have washed his hands, except for a certain spot. So he's kept some. He kept some of the blonde on his hands, just in case. So, Is there a uh, replicator nearby? Uh, yes. Um, and you guys also have uh, when you check the communication in the room, Marcus. Rising security is keeping you updated on what their progress is. Uh, blood on the murder weapon is currently undergoing um, genetic sequence, and they will let you know the results. Meanwhile, right. Waitley's just looking at his tricorder, looking at all the results he's getting, and keep. Uh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna replicate a test sample just so we have like a physical thing. So like, just in case somebody okay. tries to alter it, I'm taking a physical sample. Then I'm gonna scan with my tricorder. Okay. Um, you get it from Rising Security and from your tricorders at about the same time. Um, there's none of. Uh, there's none of Marcus's, there's none of Captain Graves' blood um, in the sample. There is Isian blood, which is a perfect match for the murder victim, Pavel. And there is also Nausicaan blood. Now, this is interesting. That's the genetic sampling of the uh, of the um, of the blood found on the murder weapon, and you get the same results from the blood that was uh, probably you're guessing like poured or something. Um, uh, uh, or tricorder, uh, give me. They will make one roll tonight for the group. It'll be a, a tricorder roll. Without Baz, I'm not 100% certain, um, but I think people can assist with this since you all are standing there with tricorders. Um, uh, where's the doc? There's the doc. Give me a reason 
science, which gives you a 15 is your number, is your, your, you know, your target. And trauma surgery, I'm going to let it apply because I want to give you a good chance. Your, uh, your target is 15 and your critical occurs on fours. Uh, you currently have two dice. You guys uh, haven't built any momentum at this point yet. Wait, am I doing the roll? Yes. I think advanced medical research might also apply, but mm, this is the, the trauma. It, oh, it, okay. One or the it, it, it only gives you the the one benefit when one of your focuses applies. I know. I'm just so. thinking. So we're scanning for which exactly? I'm just double checking. Uh, just uh, you're, it's just and anybody else with a tricorder can roll one die. Um, well, one person with a tricorder can roll one die to assist. I was right. going to ask, can we assist on this? I forget. Okay, there we go. And then one um, D tw or two D20, you said. Yep. And then right. another person with, yep. If another person with the tricorder assists, you can determine a one success. Uh, and does anyone else? Hold uh, on a second. We didn't, put, we didn't put in the range. So what's the range? Oh, okay. Uh, your, your, uh, what did you roll? What was your number that you rolled? A 16? Um... I mean, I haven't rolled yet. You said it was a uh, control in science, or oh, that was cast. Um, sorry, that was cast. That I don't think that hits your uh, your uh, science and your reason science, does it? I'm oh. I'm not gonna pop over to the sheet because I'm um I, I want to leave us at a good uh, cliffhanger uh, for 14, where I we're gonna pick 14. up. Yep. Yeah, the target number for uh. Oh shit. Whoa! Okay, so these are the pieces of information you get. The first piece of information that you get is uh, two types of blood that are present are Nausicaan and Rhysian. The Rhysian is a perfect match for Pavel. The, the next step of Rhysian security is ru running the Nausicaan blood in intergalactic databases. Um, they suggest that Starfleet would have a far faster time than they will have doing that. Um, that's what you're getting. They're, they're sending, they're keeping you updated on what they're doing, Marcus. They like are being completely transparent. Um, and with that information, you not only determine what the type of blood is, but you are 100% certain that the murder weapon is not the knife that was found with um that was found with captain graves well this hit job just seems to get more and more transparent every moment this was a sloppy job that's all i gotta say um maybe um you don't know uh, you, 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 uh, you now have a couple of, uh, ideas in the air. Um, maybe the, the intelligence resource you're here to protect is the technology being used in these new Corvettes the Rhysians are producing. Maybe, uh, it's something else. Um, maybe it was Pavel uh, and we've done a terrible job. 
<laughs> so great, as right? soon as Waitley um, hears Nausicaa, and uh, for the for the final scene of uh, of tonight, I'm I'm imagining Tardigrade is probably a little depressed. Am I? Yeah. I, okay. I posted in chat earlier that he's over at the beach, just looking into the sunset. Just, okay, um, or just or uh, whatever time it is, but basically just looking at the ocean, just by himself, just 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 sitting there that's so so we saw a brief moment of that then during uh during this hour long episode and um he's sitting on the beach watching um it's not the sun now the sun is down but it's reflecting up off of the beautiful rising sky creating like a kaleidoscope of like orange and yellow and even a little bit of uh red that stretches into like the uh the like the very like end spectrum of it and it's just a really beautiful sunset that unfortunately tardigrade is um not enjoying but um even though he's not necessarily paying attention to it um he would notice that the band changes and the music goes from uh kind of what i described last week as something most people you know it's classical um it's rock and roll um, which is called, you know, which is classical, right? Um, and uh, the music changes from that to something a little more screamy. You're not sure exactly, you know, he wouldn't be sure what's going on over at that huge thing going on at the beat as it, as it starts to get darker. And um, how good is Tardigrade at detecting things that... Uh, uh, that try to sneak up on him. Um, probably very good because he likes to sneak up on other things. Right. So let's have a look and give, and we'll make two rolls, and the other role will be uh, Lieutenant Tardigrade making uh, uh, insight security. Thirteen is the number, um, but not none of the focuses apply. 13 is your target. I totally have the vernacular wrong, don't I? Maybe. It's it's an apostrophe. Or not apostrophe. Uh, exclamation mark, that's it. No, no. Instead of the slash, it's exclamation point 2, then D20. There we go. Boom. Where did it happen? In general? Yes. And, oh, uh, yeah. There's three, and you forgot to put the target number, I just realized. That's okay. That's okay. I can read it. Uh, you have one success, um, which is all that Tardigrade needed to notice him as he makes himself visible sitting down next to you. Is a gray... Uh, he's a gray humanoid with... Um, with a bony face, and I wouldn't exactly call them scales. I would call them more uh, skin bumps, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, he's a gem hadar, um, wearing. Um, he is a gem hadar wearing speedos. Oh no! Uh, we're wearing wearing a speedo bathing suit, and he sits down next to Tardigrade, and he says, "Are you a member of the crew of the USS Reliant?" Because Lieutenant Tardigrade has a hard time taking off his stripe, doesn't he? Because it's like part of his shell. Uh, yeah, he, he is uh, painted 
with the Starfleet. Well, he also has a Starfleet uniform as well. So, right. so, so uh, this guy sits down right next to him, and you, he, he makes you aware of him so that he doesn't startle you. Um, he lets you see him sitting down, and he he definitely makes sure there's no one else. Tardigrade would see him, make sure there's no one else around, and he would say, "Are you a member of the crew of the USS Reliant?" Lieutenant Tardigrade looks up at the Jem'Hadar, notices that he's got a speedo, and then immediately burrows into the sand. <laughs> Jamadar, and actually, then the episode would end with a Jamadar sitting on the beach, looking to where Lieutenant Tardigree just burrowed into the sand, going, "This is going to be so much more difficult than Miranda said." Uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Tardigree then like turns around and then sort of like bros it bros his way back up, and then his head pokes out, and he's just sort of like. <laughs> Sort of like there, and then he growls a little bit and then goes back in the sand. Uh huh. And that would be where we're cutting it. <laughs>